It's really uh, like a straightforward chapter as far as the material that's in here. Um, it's talking about input and output, different ways that we input information into the computer and different ways that it visually shows us the outputs of those results. All right, so what's one of the main ways we input information into a computer? Keyboard, what else? Like the mice, the mouse, or the mouse or mouse? Mouse. Sure. Mouse, okay. All right, so the mouse, what else? Voice. Voice, another way? Gesture. Gesture is another way? Like face recognition. What else? Printer. Huh? Printer. Printer, is that inputting or outputting? Huh? So printers are output, definitely. Uh, what's another way that we input information to a computer? Wow. Touchscreen, right? That's probably one of the most basic ways that we input information um, into our computer. And what are different ways that it shows us the results? What's the output? It's output screen. Printer, screen. What else? Music. Huh? Music. Music. Sound, yeah. So speakers comes out of there, definitely. Vibration. Vibration. And your phone vibrates. Okay, so that's a form of output, definitely, definitely. Okay, so you guys basically just, we just went through the whole chapter right there. All right, keyboard, um, talks about mobile devices, you guys know what those are. Um, pointing devices, uh, stylus, mouse, um, you guys know what a stylus is, like the pen that you use to write on screens, okay. Um, mouse, mice, you know what those are. Um, we said what a stylus is. Different ways we can use a stylus to write on computers, tablets, even smartphones. Um, and so it talks about digital forms, which are basically forms that understand and you can recognize handwriting and to be able to convert it to like an edit, to an edit form where you can read the text and characters. Um, so basically somebody can fill out something by hand and then you're able to kind of get a copy of that and then you're able to change characters, edit characters. Um, that's a handwriting, that's handwriting recognition software where it's able to detect handwriting. Um, and um, don't worry about that. Uh, it talks about some digital pens that people use. We know the ones where we like sign um, at the register when we're paying for things. We sign our signature, the bank, things like that. It's not an actual pen, but it's like the digital pen that we write on the screen. Um, have you guys ever seen like one of those note-taking pens um, that like captures recordings and you can like write on a special piece of paper and it basically uploads into like a digital form? Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's like a, a notebook that has like kind of this special paper um, and you can write on it um, like in ink and you basically will like take a picture of it or there's different ones. Some of them you kind of like you check a box and then like you use like the QR code over that paper and 
like because you check a box on the paper and basically once you do that it uploads into like a digital form of everything you wrote um, and then you're able to like they have some it's kind of weird um, instead of you like buying a new notebook when you run out of paper like there's one that I saw where you basically put in the microwave for like 10 seconds and it erases all the, the ink it's kind of weird but it keeps you from having to buy a new notebook every time you run out of paper. Um, but those are just some forms of digital writing systems, allow you to write things um, and convert it to like a um, editable form. Um, touchscreens, we know what those are. Uh, it talks about some different kind of touchscreens, um, like personal computers, mobile devices, Surface Hub, so you guys ever watch like ESPN or some shows where they're like highlighting and touching things on the screen. Um, it's another form of it. It talks about table PCs, which are like kind of like games um, that you can have in the form of a touchscreen game. Um, I thought that would be kind of cool to have like Monopoly in that way. Because um, like Monopoly is a fun game to play, but it like sometimes you lose pieces, you lose money, and you have people stealing money. But if you have like the digital form, and kind of maybe help prevent some of that stuff. Um, so I thought that would be kind of cool. You guys still play table games, board games? Huh? Dominoes, definitely. Anything else, you guys? Chess. Chess? Are you good? No. Oh, man. Not good? You like it, but you're not good. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> you guys don't play any other games, board games? You guys too old for games? Just Monopoly, that's about it. Just Monopoly? Yeah. Okay. Daisy, what do you, what do you play? <laughs> Nothing? Lisa? Um, Connect Four. Connect Four? Okay. Are you, are you good at Connect Four? No. <laughs> do you practice? Not enough. Not enough. Okay, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, so these are just some examples. Um, touch screen. Uh, talks about some pointing devices, um, some like kind of not so much, de not so much computer, um, but like there's electrical instruments we can plug in, controllers, joysticks, steering wheels for games, um, music, uh, things like that. Um, I know there's a couple people who play instruments in here. Um, who, who all plays instruments? Henry, what do you play? Guitar. Guitar. Okay. Um, Joyce, your violin. And Melody? Ukulele. Ukulele. Okay. Okay. And anybody else? And Kamani's keys. Nobody else plays an instrument? Guitar Hero. Okay. Okay. Guitar Hero. Um, Someone's at the arcade. <laughs> got you, got you. Uh, anybody sing in here? You don't have to be a professional singer, but, right? Nobody sings? No? I'm not going to make you sing if you say, yeah, I just want to know if anybody sings. Theodore, you don't? Can't carry it to him? No? You're mine. You don't sing? Okay. All right. Um, 
I, I play uh I play keys, I play drums. Um I don't really sing. Um like I can hold a note but I don't like sing like that. Um, can we hear it? Huh? Can we hear it? Yeah, which note you wanna hear? D. D. <clears throat> <laughs> Is it like D? Mm -hmm. You want high D or, or you want the low D? High. High. <clears throat> All right. Well, let me let me get through this first. And then, uh, I may not have time. Let me let me get through this. Um, okay. Um, so we can skip through that. That's fine. Um, so it talks about scanners, uh, readers, and digital cameras are another way that we uh, input information to a computer. Right, so we can take pictures, take images, and input those results into our computer. Uh, they definitely save us a lot of time, increase accuracy, um, and just make things a little more efficient. Right, a lot of times in hospitals now, we can see like they don't necessarily have to take down all your information. They just scan kind of your wristband, which has all the data, has all the information about the patient, and then they're able to do what they need to do. Uh, that's typically like one of the first things that they have to do now. Um, before they can like give you any medicine or do anything like that, they have to scan your wristband to make sure that you're the person who's supposed to be getting the proper medicine or whatever it is they're trying to do. Um, so it's just a way for them to input the information into the computer without them having to type in your name, birth date, and all that information every time they need to do something. Um, so scanners, uh, you guys know what a scanner is, right? Flatbed scanner where you just kind of put your paper on there, scans it, takes a picture of it. Um, and basically the thing with that is you have a single image, right? So if you scan things um, using the typical scanner, like you have just an image of what was taken. You can't edit, you can't change it. You just basically have that image of what was actually taken um, or what was on actual the, the scanner itself. They do have some portable scanners uh, and 3D scanners, um, which we can kind of see here. Uh, so the typical flatbed will be there. The portable scanner is one you can like kind of go across your pages and then kind of scans the image that way. And you can plug that device into your computer and it will upload all the images that you scanned. And this is like a portable 3D scanner where it's able to actually get those dimensions and plug those into like a program where they're like creating these objects and things like that. And so let's talk about scanning quality and resolution, which we said earlier is measured in dots per inch. Um, so the more dots per inch you have, the higher quality that image will be, but also the more space that image is going to take up. All right. So if you have something that has a lot of dots per inch, that's really good quality of a picture, it's going to take up a lot more space um, wherever it, it is located. All right. um, and then barcodes, you guys know what barcodes are? Okay, so these are like some of the kind of major barcodes that we use nowadays. Um, do you guys use like the, like the boarding pass, the digital one, and like movie tickets, stadium tickets, like the ones from your phone where they can just scan it? Okay. Um, so, like I said, it's form of a barcode where they're scanning it to make sure that you're the person actually paid for the ticket. Um, but, yeah, it's just another way to input information into a computer. 
Um, so it talks about some of the different types. The fixed ones, the ones that the register, like those are fixed, meaning they don't move, they're stationary. Uh, the portable ones that you can kind of take around to different places, the barcode readers, the one like you scan from your phone and get information from there. Um, RFID, we know what that stands for now, radio frequency identification. Um, and the cool thing about RFID is that RFID doesn't need to have like that direct line of sight. If you're scanning a barcode, then you have to have that direct line of sight to, in order to scan and see what, you know, the information that's on there. With RFID, all you need to do is be within range of the reader. All right, so it's used in a lot of warehouses, a lot of companies now, um, and other places also, to basically where, like, you put tags inside a box or in, onto the package, and all you have to do is just, like, go, like, if they're on, like, a forklift, you drive the forklift through the readers, it's able to determine how many items are there, or basically knows what item is there based off of the tags that's being read by the machine. So nobody has to go through and scan each individual box itself. The box just has to like, go through the readers, and it's able to be picked up and determined. Um, also, if you guys have never heard of, you guys ever heard of people like scamming and stealing like credit card information? Like they're using like RFID technology to get that information. Um, so there's readers like portable readers where people kind of walk around with and use, and they're just kind of trying to pick up signals from like credit cards to get that information. Um, so that's like another thing that, that people do, people use um, to kind of steal information. Um, and so these are just kind of showing some examples of the RFID. So like these boxes going through are basically just kind of passing through the reader. Um, and then like our credit cards when we're doing like the mobile payment, um, like the Apple Pay and things like that. It's using RFID and like this showing this gear, um, like going through the slopes, like he doesn't have to keep like his identification like out necessarily like to scan it, but it basically picks it up and he's allowed access to ski. Um, okay, so optical mark and optical character. Um, so optical mark you should think of like scantrons or voting. All right, so it's able to pick up and determine marks of what, you know, whatever you check, and it's able to kind of tally those results or those points and input those like into a digital form, into a computer. Um, and then OCR basically is able to recognize the character. So OCR technology is what needs to be like on your scanning device or your scanning app in order to change and determine the characters. Um, there's an app that I use, it's called ScanBot. And it has OCR. I'm not sure if that's the paid version. Because I did pay for it. I'm not sure if it's on the free version. But you can check it out, though. Um, it's called ScanBot. And basically, I can scan any paper uh, or anything that has words. And I can basically edit that text. I can scan it and get basically, it puts it into like a Word document. And I can go in and change things. Um, I can copy and paste it somewhere else. It just makes it real convenient as I'm like taking notes and wanting to edit like PDFs or anything like that. Um, but it, basically the app has OCR technology. So the OCR allows it to be able to recognize the characters and put it into a form where I can actually edit or convert that text. Um, and so this just kind of shows an example of Scantrons, uh, the optical mark. It's basically able to determine all the pencil marks for a test. 
Um, I always thought about, like, I don't use scantrons during my tests, but I always thought about, like, what if I did and just made every answer, like, A, um, just to see, like, how many people would second-guess themselves. Like, wait, all these can't be A. And then they start picking other random patterns just because they feel like scantrons should go that way. Um, that'd be kind of cruel. I should do it. For every test? For every test. Wow. Yeah. How many tests did you guys have? Four. When did you guys figure it out? Uh, I Luckily, you get to take it. If you, I think you have like three chances. It was all my econ. Okay. Um, you have three chances. And on the last test, it's like, why is everything C? Like, why am I? And then I went back and just changed everything to C, and I got always. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I should do that? What letter should I choose? C. <laughs> okay, C? You guys like C? Okay. Yeah. I'll see what I can do. I'll, um, if I have time, I'll, I'll go back and change it. <laughs> uh, you have two days. Huh? You have two days. Yeah, but my schedule, because um, I got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, oh, really? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, yeah, I want to say because when you're like celebrity and because I just finished the BET Awards and then I did some other stuff and yeah, it's just a lot going on. Um, I'm just joking, guys. Um, magnetic ink character recognition is another form using like the banking industry. Uh, it's how they're able to recognize checks. Um, anybody work in a bank in here? Anybody ever worked in the bank in here? You have? Kind of. Kind of? Okay. Yeah. But, then, but like, I don't know what, if you mean by like Wells Fargo, where it's like. Yeah, like where you're handling. Like, yeah, we were well, where you like handling transactions and things like that, like money. Like, I mean, it's kind of weird because, like, how State Farm does it is that, like, so, like, usually regular banks, they have branches, so you can always go to any of the branches and mm -hmm. like, give your money or, like, deposit it. So, like, we don't actually, like, take your money. We deliver it somewhere else. So, like, you give us a check, and we'll take it there, but we also do have a mobile app. So, like, okay. it's like a traditional bank. Like, I don't really, like, take your cash. Got you. Okay. But you guys do, wait, so do they accept money where you're at? Or it just has to be, like, in a check or something? Uh, for, like, a bank. Well, like, if you're putting money in a bank, it has to be in a check. Okay. So you guys don't accept cash? No. Okay. I was trying to figure out, like, how we can, like, intercept the money when it's transported. But it's no cash. It's all checks. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. Um... Well, yeah, so, so these machines are used um, to kind of read checks, um, determine, like, the account, make sure the routing numbers and all that is uh, situated and straight. Um, but like I said, it's able to recognize those in characters, like, at the bottom of a check. Um, so let's skip that. Biometric readers are reading our biometric features, like our fingerprint, our face, eyes, uh, those types of readers. Um, we're inputting information into um, that computer or that device. 
um, once we scan like our fingerprint. Um, it's inputting that, you know, we are who, you know, we say we are. We are the person who matches um, the biometric uh, features that are already in that phone or that device. Um, digital cameras, uh, we know what those are. If not, that's what they look like if you've never seen one. Um, I mean, I still use, well, you guys use cameras, right? A lot of guys, or well, a lot of people take pictures now, like photographers. So is the phone considered a camera or not? I mean, camera, camera. Um, it can. Phone can be considered a digital camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're talking about just... I was talking about like just a digital camera. Um, anybody like take pictures in here? Photographer? Sean? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. Okay. And you have a camera? Yeah, I have a DSLR. Okay. Anybody else? You guys just stick to selfies? Cool, cool. Okay. Um, digital video cameras, same way. Um, not really used as much um, by, you know, regular people. Uh, if you're into filming, creating videos, things like that, then, yeah, you may have one. Probably doesn't look like this, but you, you would have one. Um, uh, audio input, different ways that we input audio. We definitely need a microphone for that, uh, if we're going to input any audio. Um, and then speech recognition systems are able to determine what we're saying, like through our speech, and then convert it to a form of text. So sometimes we can, you know, say things to Siri, and Siri will, you know, write it out for us um, in kind of that form. But it, like I say, it's able to recognize our speech and convert it to a form of text. Do you guys use Siri for like text, things like that? No? You do? On your Apple Watch. Definitely comes in handy, right? Um, <laughs> got an Apple Watch, Tyree? You lost it? Yeah. Oh, man. Which one did you have? Wow. You want to buy another one? <laughs> sure. I'll sell you mine. I'll give you a good price. How much you pay for yours? Oh man, you lost your mom again? Look, just I'll say you this one, that way you can show her, like, look, mom, I found it. You sure? Alright. How much? How much? Yeah. You got an Apple Watch? No. Oh, wait, that one costs like $300. No. That's a G Shop. Yeah, used to. Yeah, no, those are like $300. Are they? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, three hundred. No, that's that's three. That's why I can only like. This one two fifty. I say this one for two fifty. Two hundred and fifty. Two hundred fifty. It's a real Apple Watch. What? <laughs> yeah, it's real. It does. You could have got it in the alley in L.A. or something. Wait, what time is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean like the hours don't really work, but you can, like there's clocks all around, and you got your phone, so no, I'm just. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so what else? Uh, music input systems, like I say, we plug it into our computer, uh, MIDI, and we're able to have kind of the music sound go across through the computer. Um, and we can do this one real quick. Um, which technology is used primarily by the banking industry to facilitate check processing? B. B. True or false, one disadvantage of digital cameras is the slight delay between when the user presses the button and when the camera takes the photo. 
So it can go either way. Um, I think the answer here is true because there is like a slight delay. Um, but if you have like a really good camera, then you don't really notice that delay. Um, voice input system typically requires a software and blank in order to input voice data or commands into a computer. So microphone. All right. All right. Uh, so give me five more minutes, and then we'll be done here. Display devices. We know what those are. The screens that show us what we're looking for. Um, color versus monochrome. Uh, color versus black and white. Plain and simple. Uh, CRT versus flat panel. So CRT are like the old computers monitors with had like the big back or like the old TVs that had the big backside um, because they had this big, huge tube in the back that basically displayed the images. So it's called the cathroid ray tube, CRT. Um, like I say, most computers don't use those. Most people don't sell those. Um, typically, most people don't have those anymore. Um, but there are some businesses that are still you know, saving money and they have, may have those. Um, but yeah, typically most display devices now are flat panel. Um, size are measured diagonally. That's pretty straightforward there. Um, wired versus wireless display, self-explanatory. Um, you don't have to know like the LCD, LED, OLED. I'm not gonna test you on knowing those, what they stand for. So don't worry about that. Um, Flexible, transparent, uh, phosphorescent, don't worry about that either. Um, skip that. Don't worry about electronic paper. Don't worry about plasma displays. Data projector, you guys know what that is. It's like there. Uh, printers, you guys know what a printer is, right? Uh, the one thing you do need to know is there are two types of printing technology. There's impact and non-impact. Right. So impact is, is like the older printers where you actually have uh, the printer making impact with the paper. So it's actually pressing up against it, impacting it, um, and you seeing the results that way. Non-impact printers are like what we use now, our inkjet and our laser. There's no contact between the paper and the printer. Right. There's like ink and laser being sprayed on it, but there's no contact between the two. All right. So the two different types of technology are impact and non-impact, not inkjet and laser. All right. Those are just two types of non-impact. And so this is like showing an example of like the dot matrix. This is like the older printers. You guys remember these? No? OK. Um, so remember how I was telling you guys about like my first computer experience and playing games and stuff like that? Um, these were the type of printers we had in that lab um, where they would print out things in that, yeah, older printer. Um, and then these are our typical color printers uh, that use ink. Um, uh, print resolution measured in dots per inch. Print speed uh, pages per minute. Uh, PPM. So if you're ever looking to buy a printer, uh, it should display the PPM and basically telling you how many pages it can print per minute. Um, like I say, if speed is not, you know, 
high on your list, then, you know, maybe it doesn't matter to you. But if you're looking for something that prints really, really fast, then you want to look and try and find the highest PPM possible for that printer. Um, personal versus network. It's kind of simple, self-explanatory there. Talks about laser printers, inkjet. Um, don't worry about the barcode printer. Um, don't worry about integrated large format inkjet. 3D printers. You guys know what a 3D printer is? Have you guys ever seen how they actually print, how they work? <coughs> yeah, so they, they print like in layers starting at the bottom and it work its like it works its way up to the top. It's really kind of cool when you see it. Um, I don't really have time to show you, but there's a link like to a video uh, that's kind of cool of it like printing something out on actual printer. Uh, so if you guys have time, definitely check that out. Um, another audio uh, output is another way that we hear results using speakers, headphones, headsets, earbuds. And I said that's pretty much it for chapter four. Um, I said it's not really a deep chapter where they're dealing with a lot of technical things. Um, all the things you guys are familiar with for the most part and understand um, with, even without me having to really like explain things. Um, but any questions on chapter four? No? Cool. So, um, so we're setting up a test. If it passes the test, then the results are going to be whatever we have in the true section. If it doesn't pass this test, then we're going to get the results of what's in the false section. All right. Do the three parts of it. Makes sense, kind of. So, Check. is like um, the numbers gonna vary, or like the color vary if it's like true or false? Yes. Yeah, so, based off of what's in this test, based off of what time, of, what kind, what type, what kind of test you're doing, you can get different results, basically based off of your true and false. Um, and I'll show you guys some examples. I just want to make sure we can understand the basic of it. Uh, so far. Alright, so we're setting up a test. If it passes, you get the true. If it doesn't, you get the false. And each part to the if function is separated. Each argument is separated by a comma. Alright, so we have the first part, the if, the open parenthesis, and whatever is typed in here will be our test. When we want to get to the next part of the test or the next part of the if function to the true, we need to put a comma, and then that brings us into the true part. We want to get to the false part, we need to put a comma, and that brings us into the false part. All right, and I'll show you kind of what this looks like in Excel. Um, so I kind of set up some really basic, really easy examples. Um, and the reason I'm doing this this way is because in module three, you get introduced to the if function. But the way that they introduce it to you is not like a, a basic level. They just kind of throw it at you and expect for you to understand it, um, which in a lot of cases, you're not going to understand it the way that they're throwing it at you. Um, so I typically would do it this way so that you have a better understanding of how the if function is actually used. All right, because that's one of the key functions on the Excel test is understanding the if function. All right. So if we were to do this if function um, where it says if A1 is greater than B1, 
is greater than 5, then B1 should display 100. If not or if false, then leave the cell B1 blank. So if we were just to kind of input that into Excel, um, we would say if, and the test is, A1 greater than 5. So that's the test part to that word question there. Does that make sense? What do you mean by if that's the test part? So that's this part. That's what we're oh. testing for. We're testing to see if A1 is greater than 5. All right? So now we can move on to our next part, which is a true. So we'll put a comma. That brings us into the true section. And then it says, then B1 should display 100. So our formula is going in B1, so we don't have to like say B1. We can just put 100, because that's what's going to display. All right? And then the false part is, if not or false, then leave cell B1 blank. So the way that we leave things blank inside of an if function or VLOOKUP, which we'll get to, is just two quotes. So two quotes says not to display anything, don't show anything, just stay blank if it's false. All right. And then we would close it. So first part, if A1 greater than 5, that's the test. It says if it is, then so B1 should display 100. So we have the 100 there. And then if it's false, leave cell B1 blank. That's the false part, so we're gonna leave it blank. And I'll show you what it looks like into Excel. Um, and so there's different ways we can do this. I'll show you using kind of the window first. So if we say equals if, open parenthesis, and if I click this insert fu function button, uh, the FX, do I need to zoom in for you guys, or? Yeah. Gotcha. OK. Can you guys see that now? OK. So if I say equals if, open parenthesis, and then I click this insert function button, it gives us this window to be able to put in the three different parts we just talked about. All right, so we can see this says logical test. This says value if true, value if false. All right, so the same thing we just set up here, we're basically just going to plug in the information in here. So our test is A1 greater than 5. Make sense? Our true is what? 100. Our false is what? Two quotes. Ah. Press the wrong button. All right, so we have the two quotes there. Yep. How did you bring that up again? The function like this? The FX, uh, right next to the formula bar um, up here. So we just click that. After you do the name of the function and open parenthesis, you can open up this window. You can also get to it another way, I'll show you. Um, if you go to, let's see. 
So if you go to the formulas tab and you go to insert function, you can do that like on any cell, but then you have to like look for the function itself, wherever it is. So you can go down here and select it if it's on this list, or you can type it in and look for it. Um, to me, it's just easier to start the function, open parenthesis, and then hit insert, and it automatically pops up. Um, but there's different ways you can get to it, though. Okay, so I have my formula in here, and this cell is blank. Why is this cell blank? Because the test is to see if A1 is greater than 5. What number is in cell A1? That's less than 5, so that means we get the false results. All right? That makes sense? Okay. So, like, the, the good thing and the cool thing about, like, say, if function is whenever you change information or change data, your if function automatically accounts for it, and it will work. All right? So now we change it to 6, and now it displays 100. So we can have two different outcomes based off of the information that we're actually entering um, or based off of the test, based off of the cell that we're looking at uh, to get the results that we actually want. All right. But does that make sense how we did this one? Okay. So let's do another one. Uh, still pretty straightforward. Pretty um, should be self-explanatory. So... Um, So it says, if A2 is equal to A, then display A and B2. If not, display B. So what is our test for that second one? <coughs> so our test is to see if A2 is equal to A. All right, so you guys see how I have those quotes around A? Anytime you're using like just straight text inside of the if function, or the VLOOKUP, it needs to be in quotes. Numbers don't need to be in quotes. If you're using cells, it doesn't need to be in quotes. It's only when you're using text by itself where it needs to be in quotes. Right. Um, so it says, A then display, oh, well our test is just to see if A2 is equal to A. All right. So now we're going to our true, which, what are they saying there? So it's just going to be A. So if it is equal to A, then we want to display. Does that part of it make sense to you guys? Okay. So now let's put it into Excel. So equals if. I'll use the insert function just to make it easy so we can see the box. Our test is to see if cell A2 is equal to A. All right, our true, the second part of that. If it is equal to A, then we want to display A. And the last part is the false. If not, then we want to display B. So once I have all three parts filled in, I get A in this cell. Why am I getting A? 
because it's true. A2 is equal to A. If this changes to anything other than A, I get B because that's the false part, meaning it's not equal to A. Make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, you got a question, Brendan? Oh, no. no, that's cool. You can answer this one. Um, so we'll do this one. Uh, okay, so the third one. What is the test for this one? Oh, sorry. It's, it's Brenda. I got you next, Henry. Uh, Brenda. That's the test? So A3 plus B3 greater than E. Yeah. E. Was it like under the line? <laughs> oh, yeah, not in Excel. Um, I think that's, it may be switched, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, greater than or equal to 5. All right, so that's our test, right? Okay, and then what's our true? test to see if A3 plus B3 is greater than or equal to 5. If it is, then we're going to add the values that are in A3 and B3. If it's not, if it's less than 5, then we want to subtract the values in A3 and B3. Alright. So now let's put it into Excel, see how it looks. So if, open parenthesis, so we're trying to see if A3 plus B3 is greater than or equal to 5. So it is that way. The greater than sign will go first. And if it is, then we want to go A3 plus B3. Our false is less than 5. We want to go A3 minus B3. So I got the results of seven. So what just happened? What did it do? Why am I getting seven? It was true. So what did it do? It added these together, right? If these numbers change and that becomes one, I'm getting one. Why is it showing one? less than five, so if it's less than five, then we're going to subtract those two. All right. Any questions there? Okay. Um, one of the things I forgot to do here, um, 
So this one said if A2 is equal to A, um, if we wanted to say like not equal to A, you guys know how we would do that in Excel? So instead of equal to say not equal, anybody? Not slash. Not an X. Not an exclamation. So it'll be less than, greater than. So that means not equal to. All right. in, in Excel, um, I know like math is different and other programs, but as far as Excel, that's how you would say not equal. Okay, um, so Henry, we got this last one here. Uh, <coughs> you Theodore? Yeah. So I'll make sure I'm keeping count of the right person. All right, so Henry, uh, what is our test for this one? Okay. So do, do we equal sum after that, or? Uh, you tell me. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm new at this. Okay, this is what, what I would do. I put equal sum and then I put C4 colon C4. So you said, what'd you say? Is it equal sum? So there's only going to be can you one. Two formulas or can you not? Can you mix two formulas? That's a good question. Oh, that's, okay, question. I'm, I'm, that's what I would do. And then, like, if it doesn't work. <laughs> okay, no. So uh, we have the equal sum in here. So you're only going to have one in the oh, equation. So it's equal um, sum. So sum? Uh, C4, uh, A4 colon C4. So A4, C4. And then less than sign, 10. Comma. Does 10 need to be in quotes? No. No, OK. And then comma. Greater than or more than 10. Um, why is it not going up? Oh, greater than 10. Yeah. Got a question? So, for like the A4, C4, like you always have to put them in parentheses again? Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's just, like I say, the basic structure of the sum function, it needs to have that within brackets. So here we'll go greater greater than ten. All right. So now let's put it into Excel, and I'll do this one without the boxes, just so you can see. You can just type everything in yourself. So equals if. And then we set the sum, and then we're summing this range here, A4 to C4. We'll close that. And you can also, it may be a little hard for you to see, um, but if you're doing it this way, you kind of know what section you're in by like kind of the bold, dark text. So right now, 
like logical tests, is bold and dark. Once I hit comma, you'll see that bold shift to value of true, and then the next comma, it'll shift to value of false. All right, so once I hit comma, now value of true is bold. They kind of let you know what part of the if function you're in. Um, so we said true would be less than 10 in quotes. And then our false would be greater than 10 in quotes. Oh. This course should fix it for me. Yeah. Okay. So it says less than 10 because these numbers added together. Wait, I didn't do the. You didn't let me finish the test, didn't you? <laughs> it said less than 10. So now we get greater than 10. So we get greater than 10 because these numbers added together are not less than 10. So it means we get the false results. That's why it says greater than 10. This number changes. We get less than 10. All right. And so like with this if function, one of the like most common ways it's used in business um, is to calculate like overtime pay. If there's a field that has like hours worked for every employee, like no one has to go in and like figure out if anybody worked over 40 hours and then what to do, right? You can set up an Excel function uh, that's going to look at the hours worked and then determine if it's greater than 40, then it can add their, to their pay like double time or time and a half, however your overtime pay works. Like if not, then leave it blank because they don't get anything for overtime if they didn't work overtime. So that's kind of just the most common, simple use of it uh, to figure out like overtime pay. Figure out if somebody worked over 40 hours um, to add to their pay. Um, you can figure out, you know, how many years someone has been there. Like you can set a if function up for that. And if they worked over a certain amount of years, um, you can, you know, do something with their pay or something like that. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can use it. Um, but like I say, the overtime, calculating overtime is probably the most common way. Any questions on their function? So we spell it out, right? Every time uh, inside the parentheses. Uh, yes. We're good? Yep. So I know we need to quotes, but like, like um, what if we don't? What if you don't put quotes? So if we take off the quotes from less than 10, I hit enter, you're going to get an error message. Yeah. Yeah, so anytime you don't use quotes, you'll get that error message. Remember, quotes only apply to text. Question? Is this comfortable position? Theodore? How do you use it to like multiple cells? Do you just copy and paste the formula? Um, yeah. Yeah, so if like I had other like numbers and stuff here, um, I know they're all the same, but 
you can just fill it down and it works all the same. Yeah, all works the same. Okay. Any other questions? No? All right. Um, Okay, so let's do this now. <clears throat> uh, all right, I'll do the VLOOKUP. Um, VLOOKUP. So there are four parts to the VLOOKUP function. All right, um, and it starts the same way. Instead of equals if, we're gonna go equal VLOOKUP. And the first part is the lookup value. First part is the lookup value, which basically says what cell is your VLOOKUP function trying to look at. Um, the way that the VLOOKUP function works is like, uh, you guys ever go to like the store um, and they ask you for your telephone number and you type it in and then all your information shows up? That's a, a form of a VLOOKUP. They're entering in a key, and then based off of that key, it returns all your other information to them. All right, so that key has to be a unique, something that's not duplicated, which is why they don't ask you for like your last name or things like that, because people can have the same last name, right? But everyone has like a different telephone number. There's no two telephone numbers that are the same. Um, sometimes they use like your employee ID number, your student ID number, um, uh, your social security number. Um, Jacob, like what's yours? So we can test it out. Social security number. Um, huh? No, we just want to test out the VLOOKUP. Just write it down. I won't, I won't show anybody. No? Extra credit? No. <laughs> okay, um, so that, that lookup value has to be a unique field, something that can be duplicated, all right? Um, the next part is a table. And the table is basically on your spreadsheet, there's gonna be a table that this lookup value is gonna refer to to extract all the data that you're trying to get returned to you, all right? So there's a table somewhere on your spreadsheet that contains all the information based off of the people you are trying to look up and get their information uh, returned to you. Um, after that, once it finds your table, then it basically determines what column of information in your table to extract for you. All right. I know it sounds really confusing right now, um, but once I show you, it, hopefully it's not as confusing. And then the last part is the range lookup. All right. So this is probably the easiest part. Um, your only two options for the range lookup are true and false. Every time you do a VLOOKUP, the last part, you're going to input true or false. All right? And I'll give you a hint. For this class, it's always going to be false. Always going to be false for this class. There are cases in life where you may use true, but for this class, 
this is always going to be false. So if any of you guys do a VLOOKUP and you put true, I'm going to drop you from the class. Right. It's always going to be true. False. Good catch. It's always going to be false. Always going to be false. So just a quick question. So you would find out if it's true or false by the range lookup? So for range lookup, you're just going to write the words false. Oh, okay. That's it. Okay, so um, I'll show you a quick example. This one has already been set up, and I'll show you how it works, and then I'll take away what we did so we can do it from scratch. All right, so this basically is an employee lookup, VLOOKUP uh, kind of table that we put together where we're trying to type in a value in here, in this cell here, A25, and it returns all of this information to us. All right, so we're typing in the number or value here, and this information is being returned to us automatically. Does that make sense, what, what's going on? Okay, so the information that's going to be returned to us, like all this data, this information, the year, state, employee, city, it's coming from this table here. So this table contains every employee that would you know, work for this company, has all their personal information. Um, like I said, it's a short table, but imagine there's like a thousand records right, inside of this table. And everybody has a different employee number. All right. So we want to be able to type in, uh, if I type in 1009, that's related to Peter. And so once I hit enter, the employee, the name, the city, the state, and the years employed is going to change and become Peter's information that's coming from our table here. Make sense? Okay. So I hit enter, and the information just changed, right, to Peter, Las Vegas, Nevada, and two years employed, which all comes from our table here. Everybody understand that part of it? Yeah, okay. So let's take it away and we'll kind of uncover what we did. Um, so one of the keys to remember with the lookup value, the first part is this is never going to be a formula. So the lookup value will never be a formula. And the reason it's not going to be a formula because it's something you're constantly going to be changing. Right, if I'm constantly going to be typing in different employee numbers in here, every time I type in a number, it would erase the formula that I have in there. Right, so it's never going to be a formula. And another thing to remember with the lookup value is this cell reference will never be inside of your table. So meaning that you're never going to reference a cell from here. All right. So your lookup value will never be like equals in this cell here, all right? So for one, that's a formula, and one, we're referencing a cell inside of our table, which it will never be. You'll always be able to find your VLOOKUP, your lookup value, because it'll, be, it'll have this information from your first column somewhere else, or it'll have another place for you to reference it at but it'll never be referenced inside of the table itself. 
All right. So employee number is the correct lookup value, but that employee number is referenced here, which is where we want to be able to type it in at. All right. Um, so for here, we can just type in any employee number. All right. And now we can kind of start working on our the rest of it. So we're going to say equals VLOOKUP, open parenthesis, and I can use the insert function to pull up this box for us, kind of help us out. And also at the bottom of this, it gives you kind of a definition of what you're looking for or what you're trying to do um, down here at the bottom. So our lookup value is going to be this cell here. Right. Um, so this formula is looking at the number that's typed in here. And once it finds that number, it's going to refer to our table, which is located here. All right. And based off of our table, we're trying to find the employee's name. And so the columns are numbered like column one, two, three, <coughs> four, five. So employee name would be what column? Number. What column number? Two. Two, right? It's the second column in our table. Our table starts in column A at A17. So that's the first column. So this will be the second. This will be the third, fourth, and fifth. So all we have to type in for column index is number two because we're trying to get the employee name, which is located in column two. And then what's gonna go in the range lookup? False. 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 All right. So just to kind of hopefully help you understand it, what it's doing is, it's first looking at the lookup value to see the number, right? So it's gonna look and find 1005, and then it refers to the table. The table covers this whole range here, but our lookup value is 1005, so it's kind of keying in on this one. And then we're looking at the column index number, which is two. So it's staying on the 1005 and then looking at column two, which is this second column here. So that's gonna be Mike S, right? And false basically tells us we want an exact match. So once I hit enter, it returns Mike S information to us. Does that make sense? Okay. So let's do the city. We'll walk through it again. You can do it for every single. Is there like a way you can do it where you can do like one be look look up for all four of those. So you're looking for a shortcut already? Yeah. yeah no. Um. There is a way. I'll show you. Let's do this one, and then I'll show you kind of how we can do that. There isn't like. You still have to go in and change something, but it's a lot shorter than doing it from scratch. And I'll show you guys that. Um, so, if you look up, we're looking up the city. What's going to be our lookup value? C. <coughs> what am I hearing? A5. So, it's going to be A25. Got you, got you. Um, so we have to remember that 
all of these VLOOKUP functions, they're all looking at the same cell because they're all going to change based off of this one value in this cell. So this is going to be the lookup value for all of them. All right. And then our table stays the same. It doesn't matter whether you grab these headers at the top or not. Um, I just kind of got into the habit of doing it, so I always do it. But if you didn't grab the headers at the top, it'll still work. All right. Um, and then next, our column index number is going to be what column? Three. Three, right? It's the third column in our table. One, two, three. And true or false? False. False. So now we get the city. So now these two will change based off of that lookup value. All right. And so uh, Tyree asked the question, can we just create one and fill it down for the rest of them? So there's a couple things we would have to do in order to do that. All right. And so only because Excel in our formulas, they use relative cell reference. So that means that if I fill this down, I'll show you what happens without making any changes. So actually, let's use this one. All right, so what's my lookup value? Right, so it shifted down two cells because it's keeping that same relative cell reference, right? Uh, for this one, the reference was to reference basically two cells on top. So if I fill it down, it's going to stay with the two cells on top. But there's a way we can get it to stay in the same place, and that's called using absolute cell reference. So if we click on the lookup value, what we want to stay, and we hit F4 on our keyboard, that adds two dollar signs around the cell reference. Can you all see that, the two dollar signs? So it has dollar sign A, dollar sign 25. So what the dollar signs tell it to do is to always go back to that one cell. No matter where it gets copied or where it gets pasted, no matter how far it goes down, it's always going to stay on cell A25. Cell A25 will never move. Make sense? So absolute cell reference. All right. Um, and so let's take a look here. What happened to our table? Our table also shifted down, right? So how can we get our table to stay in the same place? So we can highlight our table. We hit the function key, F4. It asks the dollar signs around our table. So that won't move. All right, so now we have that and that that won't move. So the, the part that we have to change by doing it this way is the column index. There's no way for that to automate and like change to the next column. All right, so there's no way to fill that down and that automatically go to four to five. It's always gonna stay the same. Um, so what that would mean is we would have to fill it down from there. And then we would go in and change this to what number? Four. four. And then we would change this to what? Five. So that would be the one change you would have to make in trying to fill it. Hmm? So like after we're done with that, like if I was to do another like VLOOKUP, would it still use those same dollar sign things? The same uh, like A, like 25, whatever. Say that one more time. Like you know how you put the dollar sign and you say like it's gonna stay there? Mm -hmm. Like would it go to another VLOOKUP if we did like a whole different like different employee or something? Uh, so you mean if we change this number? Yeah. 
uh, to one zero zero one. Is that what you were saying? Kind of, yeah. Okay. No, I was just trying to understand what you were. Yeah, cause you just said like with the dollar signs, it keeps the same like eight twenty five like the whole time. Oh, okay. So let me see. I think I. So if I copy this and let's say I paste it here, is that what you kind of meant? A little bit. So it still looks at 825, uh, still refers to the table. Um, so everything still works because it's always going back to those, that cell and that range. And you just take away the dollar signs to not do that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one more thing I wanted to tell you with the VLOOKUP. Um, oh, that's what it was. So our table is here, right? Uh, I just want to make sure you guys understand this. All right. So I shifted the table, right? So it's now there. It starts at column C. So if I were to do this, uh, look up the look up. Still looking there. I'll just make it absolute. And our table is going to be here. What's going to be my column index number? We're looking for the employee name. Four. Four? Mm-hmm. What do you say, Henry? Three? So it's going to be two. And so the reason it's going to be two is that your column index is based off of where your table starts, not where your table is located. Right? Our table starts here in C, but that's just column one because that's the first column in our table. So it's not where it's located on our spreadsheet. It's the table range that we select. Right? Our range starts at C17, so this is 1, this is 2, this is 3, 4, and so on. All right. Uh, any questions? No? All right. Uh, so